welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. This episode is sponsored by Netting Pros. Netting professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Netting professionals specializes in the design, fabrication, and installation of custom netting for backstops, batting cages, dugouts, BP screens, and ball carts. They also design and install digital graphic wall padding, windscreen, turf, turf protectors, dugout benches, dugout cubbies, and more. Netting Professionals is an official partner of the ABCA and continues to provide quality products and services to many high school, college, and professional fields, facilities, and stadiums throughout the country. Netting Professionals are improving programs one facility at a time. Contact them today at 844-620-2707 or info at nettingpros.com. Visit them online at www.nettingpros.com or check out Netting Pros on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn for all their latest products and projects. Make sure to let CEO Will Miner know that the ABCA sent you. Now on to the podcast. On this week's ABCA podcast, we head on location with Weatherford College Assistant Athletic Director and Head Baseball Coach Jeff Lightfoot. Jeff has spent 22 years as a head baseball coach in the last 18 years at Weatherford College. He's closing in on the 700-win plateau with his time at Eastfield and Weatherford. His 1998 Eastfield team won the Division III Junior College World Series. In 18 years, more than 150 former Coyotes have moved on to play baseball at the next level. 31 former Coyotes have played professional baseball, including four major leaguers. In this episode, we cover player relationships, his dual role as an administrator and coach, what the ABCA has meant to him, evolving from his days as a young head coach, offensive approach, and program building. Let's welcome Jeff Lightfoot to the podcast. All right, here with Jeff Lightfoot, head coach at Weatherford College. Um, first off, how was the golf outing today? It was good. We were uh, we were 17 under, and that's not my doing. I'm, I'm a good recruiter, but uh, we had a great time and had a good turnout. We're raising money for Weatherford College scholarships, so. Uh, it was a good event. Yeah, talk about that. Talk about balancing head coach duties and then administrative duties. Well, it's it's tough, but I've, I've got good people around me. Uh, Judd Kinsey, our uh, recruiting coordinator and our pitching coach, and Colton Turner, and, and we got a few other guys to help us around from time to time. So uh, I'm very fortunate. Uh, we've got, got good people around us, but uh, I enjoy it, man. I, I, I love uh, love Weatherford College and enjoy the area. and, and uh, I, I like the administrative responsibilities too. When did you make that switch or was it always assistant AD when you got the head coaching job here? No, we made the switch about six years ago, uh, but they have just recently added, started adding sports. So that started adding to duties a little bit. I've got softball, tennis, and golf underneath me. So it uh, works pretty well. You know, unreal facility here. Um, I mean, talk about maybe there's some misconceptions out there. I Hopefully not anymore with junior college baseball, but there might be. But if, if you step foot on here, it's like, a pretty good place to come play baseball. Well, we're, we're fortunate, obviously. And uh, our, our college had a vision when they started baseball. They want to do it right. And, uh, you know, we've got a town that supports it. And uh, they've got uh, – they want to do things right. They want to be champions in everything they do. And, 
and uh, certainly certainly the facility re represents that uh, but you're you're exactly right the facilities around our conference uh, around Texas and around the nation have gotten increasingly better and uh, I think our brand of baseball is has always been really good in junior college baseball in Texas in particular uh, and our facilities are starting to match that. Playing Friday and Sunday outside competition this weekend. Yes. So how, how will you line that up with your guys this weekend? We've got uh, Panola coming here tomorrow, uh, and then we're at Texas State on Sunday. And we have we have a few sophomores that are throwing tomorrow, but for the most part, I, I would say our our top eight guys or so are going to go on. How far in are you playing wise? How many games? I would say this is probably seven or eight. Yeah, we've played a little bit. Your roster fairly fluid this time of year. You got set roles yet, or and how will that roll into the spring? We still have a lot of competition. Uh, we've got a lot of competition at every spot, just about. I mean, we do have we return some guys that that have some skins on the wall that are that we expect to be in the lineup. But who's going to be where defensively is is still kind of up in the air. We return our number one and two on the mound, so that's that's nice. Um, but those other spots are still up for grabs, and we got a lot of guys fighting for those uh, those spots for sure. But um, it's good, healthy competition, and, and we've got some good ones in there, so it's, it's fun to watch. Coming to talk hitting at TCU for the Barnstormers, just give a little bit of a preview of what you're going to talk about. You know, I kind of went back and forth. You know, everybody talks uh, mechanics a lot and things. I, I really wanted to get kind of give a picture of what we do and, and really how we communicate with our hitters. Uh, I kind of changed the way I did that uh, two or three years ago, and, and it's really made an impact. Uh, just talking about how you handle different pitches and how you – uh, approach different pitches and how we individualize those programs for those certain guys. Yeah, kind of lay out the individualization of that for each guy. So, you know, okay, so you got a bopper, what are you doing with him? So you got a, a guy, an action oriented guy, what are you doing with him? Right. Well, we start with the first couple of weeks, we really just get to know who they are. How do you handle certain pitches? Instead of, hey, we're going to go oppo right here. Well, that pitch that's just a little bit off the plate. Some guys can backspin that ball to the pull side gap, and some guys are really good at, at taking the ball the other way. And I've really started backing off early in the fall to just try to get to know those guys and figure out, hey, how do you handle this pitch? What are you thinking on this pitch? And how do you handle a hard middle away versus a soft middle away? Uh, and really, that depends a little bit on who they are. And number one, do they have a clear understanding of who they are in their mind? Does it match what we want and need them to do uh, also offensively, um, but, but that just opened up the line of communication about what we want them to be, what they want to be, how do we bridge that gap, and help them understand it's not just us dictating that to them. I'm also your marketer, you know, for the next level. I know you want to go play in the Big 12 and SEC and potentially pro ball possibly, so here's how I think that plays into this and, and help them understand what their value is and how they impact our, our club offensively. How do you handle a kid who doesn't know? Because that's going to be a majority of them, right? When you get them, probably haven't heard much about approach. Right. When you get them, how do you handle a kid who, who maybe doesn't know? Well, I think the, the reason that I started backing off of, of them early in the fall is so they do know. You know, because once you fail a little bit or you get hit in the mouth or you come out here and you go, oh, man, that guy's really good and that guy's really good. And, you know, I better figure out how I fit into this deal. And us really painting that picture of how you fit into our system we have a plan for you, we have a vision for you, uh, but sometime that takes a month into the fall before they really sit back and, and have an understanding of, man, here's what this level is like, uh, here's what our offense is like, uh, here's what we're trying to do, and, and help them understand that. And typically, 
we really don't have an issue. Once they are here for a little while, they understand the plan, they understand how they fit into the plan, and the buy-in's been really good. Fall practice similar to spring practice, you switch it up a little bit, getting closer to the season. It is, it's very similar, uh, but once we get into the spring, we start adding a component of how do we attack an opponent, how do we attack a certain pitcher, and those roles are a little bit more defined, you know, because right now, we're at the point in the fall where we're just now starting to discuss, hey, here's what I really need you to be, you know. Uh, so once we get into the spring, they have a good understanding of what, how they fit into our offense, what I need them to be, and our BPs become a little bit more specific in terms of, you know, what they can do on a daily basis and what they need to work on. That's one of the things I'm, I'm going to discuss a little bit on Saturday. Any other team drills you like? I mean, we're going to see some hitting stuff tomorrow. What are yeah. some other team drills that you like to do? Well, it's funny. I, you know, I, I'm a lifelong uh, ABCA guy, and, and uh, obviously a lot of the things that we do, um, they probably mimic a, what a lot of people do, and I don't even know it. You know, just uh, but just by. Uh, just just comes natural. I've been studying studying hitting for a long time and team organization, team practice. Um, one of the things that Iowa Western does, Mark Reardon does, we do the same thing. We were just in Clemson call it, and, and yeah, they, they, they call, call it Tiger BP. Yeah, they call it's, it River awesome. BP. We call yeah. it group rotation. I stole it at Western Illinois. Yeah. We used live ball, dead ball, and our guys loved it. Exactly. We did the same. We actually did the same thing yesterday, and, and it's funny. Uh, we had a, a D1 coach out here to watch our practice, and, and that's what we had going on. Man, I love that, you know, and it was. Uh, just gives them live looks. Uh, gives them. How a good long does it take your guys to acclimate to that drill? Because it, it, I don't can know that they ever do. Uh, I mean, <laughs> and I, I have to. Those outfielders, I have to set them down and go, "Hey, I don't want you going after every ball." Yeah. You know, you have to understand. You know, because they want to lay out and they want to go hard, and hey, you're going to kill yourself, man. Yeah. Uh, and you're not going to be good for the weekend. So, man, have a little understanding of what I'm trying to accomplish. I want you to get live reads and. And I want you to take a good first step, but some of those balls in the gap let the pitchers get so I can have you at your position. Uh, and the infielders still, uh, I've changed it to where the, the shortstop quarterback's the infield, so they're not live unless he says, okay, hey, we're live. So he takes a deep breath so we can go double play feeds and, and all those things. So, you know, I think every program kind of tweaks it a little bit for them. But uh, And you got to add a little competition in there uh, offensively. And, uh, we had it two days ago. We had a BP where we took a draft. We had a draft. I named four captains. We drafted a team. We kept points, and uh, it, it was pretty interesting. But that's. Do you have a favorite convention memory? ABCA convention memory. Well, the, I mean, the, we're live again this year. Thank goodness. Do you, yeah. do you have the first one that I went to? Uh, I had no idea. Where you was know, your first one? In Atlanta. Uh, you know, I think it was '97. Yep. Yeah, yep. something like that. And I got an award. Uh, we. A young head coach at Eastfield College in Dallas, and uh, we won the league, and I got an award for Coach of the Year and, and all those things. So I had to go to the convention to, to get the award, and I had no idea uh, what it was. So it just opened my eyes to, man, this is incredible. Uh, but yeah, all the speakers and, and uh, just I, I've told people before, I I was head coach at 25, so I I really didn't have a big time coaching pedigree. You know, like you see, everybody's a in the Jack Leggett, you know, family tree or Corbett or, you know, on down the road, Childers or, or whatever. And, you know, Shane Shoemate gave me an opportunity at, at a young age to, to be an assistant coach and, and he was awesome to me. But in terms of, you know, having a big time pedigree of, of coaches I grew up around, I didn't have that. Well, ABCA is that for me, you know, that just that all those coaches that I've been around, I feel like those guys that I, that I coached with, you know, just because I got in there and I got a notepad and I went to work, you know. 
I have a lot of respect for the guys that get right into head coaching. I just don't think I could have done that. I needed some seasoning. I don't think I got thrown right into to being a head coach. Right. So I have a ton of respect for the guys that, that got right into it. How, how long did it take you to feel like, hey, I got a handle on, on this thing right now? <laughs> well, there were, there were ups and downs to it. You know, there were times where at a young age, it's like, man, I got this, you know? And then uh, when I first got this job, I started this program and, and uh, I was hired in 2001. We won a national championship at Eastfield uh, in uh, 01. They hired me that summer. I came in, so I was here to help design the facility and build the facility. And in uh, 2004, we won the conference. You know, and I'm saying, man, this is a piece of cake, man. I'm about to get, get you know, roll on this deal. And then we had a, a stretch of, you know, a few years where it was tough, you know, and had to reevaluate and, and go to work. And did you, you start know. right Division One? Was it Division One JUCO to yeah, start? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we started in this conference. When you started to scuffle, then how did you get things right back righted with the program? Just reevaluate, you know, uh, make sure we're getting the right guys. Uh, it, it, that's the. That's a thing. common theme that's for the for thing. successful programs is just get the right guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you can have the the best plan in the world, but if you don't get good players, it doesn't matter. And having an understanding of uh, what it takes in this region, in this conference, uh, to be good on the mound, uh, to be good and deep offensively, uh, to be really strong offensively. It's a physical league, you know. Uh, we, we went through some period of, okay, that's not what the guy looks like in this league, you know, and just reevaluating. We were really good in 2004, you know, had Jake Arrieta was on that team, Herman Durant, you know, two big leaguers uh, were on that team. Uh, but uh, just going through a phase of, you know what, and, Part of that was managing all the aspects of this job. You know, at that time we started, you know, we won the conference uh, and then we started a collegiate league out here and I was managing that and we were making facility upgrades and managing that. And, and maybe I didn't work hard enough at recruiting at that time that I was trying to manage all those other things. You can't do so, everything though. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you try, but, but you can't do everything. Yeah, and, part, and that's part of the equation too, is just letting your guys work. You know, getting somebody that you trust recruiting wise and saying, hey, you're going to have to go to this, this, and this. And, you know, just managing all of those things, it, it, uh, it took a little while. Say there is a young head coach out there listening in right now. What are some tips for, for them to maybe help their learning curve? Well, number one, you have to plug into an organization like this, you know, because there's, you think you know a lot until you go sit into one of those clinics and go, wow, you know, I never thought about it this way or I never thought about it that way. Uh, and then the other thing is get good people around you. You've got to hire well. Um, but one of, the, one of the problems with that sometimes at, at the college level, depending on where you're at, maybe you don't have the resources to hire well. You know, and that job is just revolving. You know, and that was one of the things that I ran into as well was, okay, if I want that guy to be really key for me, I've got to go to my administration and make sure that position is one that's going to keep somebody, that's going to pay well, that has benefits, that all those things. So, you know, all of those things are, are pieces to the puzzle for sure. But you got to get good people around you that, that like to work like you like to work. Not necessarily have the same opinion or same view, uh, but you want people that are going to work and, and they're going to buy into what that you want and have the same vision that you want uh, for your team. And, uh, and then go recruit well. Do you have a fail forward moment? Do you have something that you thought was going to sidetrack you, but looking back now is one of the best things that happened to you? Oh, well, that's it. I mean, you know, you win the conference. We, you know, win a national championship when I'm 20, 28 years old, and, and uh, we go win the conference, and then I'm sitting there going, man, I don't know if I got this thing figured out, but it's close, you know. And then we go through, I think it was three years where we didn't make the tournament, you know, and, and just sitting, having to sit back and, 
you know, realize that, man, you got to go to work and, and uh, this deal may not be as easy as you thought it was, you know, but as a young head coach, we had success about every year. I mean, we, we did well with the World Series twice and, and uh, you know, really believe it kind of had a pretty good grasp on, you know, how to do things, uh, you know, which we were doing a lot of things right, but certainly some things need to be adjusted and uh, understanding Hey, I think this is the toughest conference in junior college baseball, you know, and I better treat it as such. And we got good coaches in this league, and there's good tradition in this league and in this region, uh, uh, all the way around. So, um, if you want to compete in this league, man, you better get after it. What are you using to organize your schedule? So, I mean, you've got a lot going on, 80, 80 responsibilities, coach responsibilities. How are you organizing your schedule? Well, I mean, I, I'm I've gotten really diligent and really good about calendar, and you know. What type of calendar are you using? I just see, I like to write it down. See, I do too. You know, I, I've tried to put it in my phone and do all that stuff, but I've got a, you know, Franklin Covey, nice, you know, big scout month there, and I write everything down so I can go back and look and see also, you know, where I was at this time or where I was at that time, but I, I write everything down and I organize it. Do you keep binders account. of your schedule from year to year? I mean, how do you, how do you keep like last year's schedule? How do you, how do you hold on to that? Um, I've gotten better at that, you know, but yeah, everything is written down and, uh, I just kind of map it out that way, but I, I like to see it, you know, and I like to see it, you know, I've got it written down for the spring already, and uh, we'll sit down, we'll map out the fall, and I like to write it all down, and coach, coach and staff and I will sit down and go over it and, and have a master plan of, here's how we want to attack this deal, and obviously we're going to make adjustments. We don't have to make as many adjustments for weather and things like that now with the facility that we have, which we're really blessed, but um, at that time, man, it's the, the weather and the facility and all those things when you're planting ryegrass and you know how you're going to manage all those things you know luckily we don't have to do that kind of stuff anymore any morning or evening routines that you you like feel like help you stay on task man i invest when i get up early i mean i i, I love getting up at 5 4 45 you know and and uh spend some quiet time whether it's working on schedule whether it's you know reading devotional you know whatever it is Sometimes it's just walking, work out. Uh, it, it varies, but man, I, that's the best time of the day for me. I can get more done, you know, between five and six, and than I can really all day. Because once you get up here, you know, then stuff starts hitting you in the mouth, and you know, I've got other other coaches and other programs and other things that that keep coming at us. But if I can get everything mapped out and get a practice plan done seven o'clock, and and have it all sent out to our guys, we have a pretty good understanding of what we're doing that day, that week, and have everything mapped out, I, I work a lot more efficiently. How early do you get the practice schedule of the guys? It depends on the day, uh, but I like to send it out usually when they're at weights. Uh, Coach Kinsey runs the weights, and, and uh, I, I like to send that out before they go to class just so they know, and plus giving them duties of, hey, we're going to set up this machine, or we're going to do this today, and we're wearing shorts, or we're wearing pants, or just so they can have an understanding of, of uh, what they need to do. You know, I, I'm big on you better know the plan when you get here. You know, I want you to walk in the gate and not go, oh, what are, you know, what are we doing today? Are we, you know, we got base running, or we got this or that, and so, uh, but it, if they don't, that's that's my fault. You know, I didn't communicate well enough. So, uh, that's that's the biggest thing is be be really organized, but get the message out. You know, I can't expect them to to take care of their side if I don't get the word out. Do you have a couple favorite books? You can talk about reading in the morning. Do you Man, have... I, I uh, I'm more of a podcast guy. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, try to listen to as many podcasts as I can. Uh, I have a bunch of books that uh, that I have 
dabbled in. I usually don't go cover to cover. I get in them and, and then I just I move on to something else. Uh, uh, but favorite ones, um, you know, I, man, Deggs' book was awesome. You know, I've read it a couple different times and, and Deggs is a friend of mine and coached against him and, and uh, have a lot of respect for, you know, his journey and the things that he's gone through and, and all that. But ABCA podcast, uh, um, leadership podcast, uh, devotionals, things like that man I'm, I'm really big on whatever I can that kind of gets gets my blood flowing a little bit and, and it kind of gets my mind right for the day what's the best advice you've ever gotten be you you know be yourself uh, and that's you know that's one of the things I had on my list to to talk about um, as far as just in, just in terms of a hitting coach you know when I when I got started you didn't have all of uh, even as a player you know you didn't have all the uh, all the access to all the information you have now so I mean, the first, and, and I've always kind of searched for knowledge offensively, um, but the first one that I, book I ever read was Charlie Lau, you know, already hitting 300. And, but then I went and saw Gary Ward talk, you know, so I, man, I'm a big Gary Ward guy, so I'm gonna do it like this, you know? And at the end of the day, man, get as much knowledge as you can get and then be you, you know, and see how that fits into, you know, your plan. What do you believe in? What are your core values in terms of whether it be offense or leadership or defense or how you wanna run your team? Um, and they all can be successful. I mean, you hear uh, Nick Saban talk about, man, I don't like a whole lot of rules on our team. I talk about standards, and some guys are, have a list of 10 rules. You know, Augie Garrido was, I don't have any rules. We're going to just do this. And uh, so it doesn't have to be their way. Uh, a lot of guys do it right, uh, but a lot of them do it differently. So I saw that on the practice plan, by the way, rules versus standards. Yeah. I just so saw, can you talk about that a little bit? Well, I, I saw on a, uh, I was listening to a podcast and, and uh, actually it's a YouTube video. Uh, they were interviewing Nick Saban and he was talking about that. You know, rules are things that I make you do. Your locker's going to look this way. You know, you're going to come out here and you're going to act a certain way or you're going to act this way in the dorm or in the, in the, work, in the weight room. Um, but standards are things that you have in your core, you know, or things. And the things that I was trying to press upon them yesterday was um, standards as a program. You know, as a junior college, it's a little bit tougher to, because when you have guys kind of come and go every year, you know, with COVID, we've had some more third year guys than we typically have had in the past, but uh, here's how we do things. You know, I was telling them yesterday, I thought it was cool that, you know, Coach Kinsey played for me, uh, Colton, Colton Turner played for me. And when we go eat, we take our hats off, we leave our phones on the bus. And, you know, that isn't something that I told those guys this year, but that's a standard that those guys have passed down you know, just from being in our program. And those are the things that I think, if I have to make rules, and I do, and I will, um, those things are gonna work. But the things that great teams take it upon themselves, hey, here's our standard. You know, here's how we're gonna do it. When we come up here at night, we hit in the cage, here's our standard. Here's how we want the locker room to look. You know, I know coach wants it this way. Man, let's make that our standard, you know? and how you're gonna handle yourself when you go to class and all that. I mean, can I make you go to class? Yeah, I mean, I can run you when you don't go or, but what's your personal standard? What are you willing to uh, allow for yourself? You know, that's, and that, those are the things that we want them to take when they leave. You know, what are your personal standards on, you know, how you're gonna act, how you're gonna handle yourself, how you're gonna handle adversity. Um, you need to have a strong belief on those things. And that's what I try to impress upon them. Quick break for another one of our sponsors, Mark Pro. That is M A R C Pro. 
Personally, I used it as a coach for my ragged out BP arm and legs after a tough workout. We saw huge benefits with our pitchers and position players in decreased soreness and recovery time. It's an amazing machine that speeds up the recovery process by getting blood flow back to the areas that need it. It's durable and cost-effective. The Mark Pro needs to be a tool in your peak performance toolkit. I can't recommend it enough. Hit me up if you have any questions. Order now on markpro.com and use the promo code ABCA to get 10% off. Now back to the podcast. There is so much information out there for players now. How do you help them kind of whittle down everything into some actionable stuff? Because there, I mean, it just seems like there's information coming from everywhere now. Whether it's good or bad, they're going to look at it. How are you whittling, helping them whittle down some of that information that's out there? Well, you have to be careful uh, because whether they're smarter or not when they come in the door, I, I don't know, but they really believe that they're smarter when they come in uh, because of uh, all of the information out there. I mean, you can pull up 200 videos on hitting uh, on YouTube tonight if you want to and and some of them do that uh, you know we can work on something offensively or in the bullpen or something and then there are guys that will go home that night and hey I'm gonna study this or I'm gonna study that and we do discuss those things you know hey uh, you have to trust what we're doing and I want you to and that's that's one of the areas that I've changed or grown in is I want this to be a journey together I want this to be a partnership, and man, if we put something in in practice and and it's not jiving with what you do, man, let's let's discuss it. We may not come to an agreement, you know. I may say, and there are things that are non-negotiable, you know, style of play, how we go about our business, how we handle this, this, and this. But when it's talking hitting, I want you to feel great when you get in the box, and uh, I know a lot about hitting, but I don't know everything, and. Some guys know a lot about hitting too, and, and if you feel strongly about something, man, come into my office and uh, take ownership of your, yourself offensively, take ownership of your career, and you know, trying to get them to look at stuff from a different point of view and a different perspective. Uh, but in order to do that, I've got to do that myself and, and look at things differently uh, because most of the guys that come in here, um, you know, if you're talking about especially kids from Dallas-Fort Worth area or Houston area, most of these guys come from good select organizations where they have a, you know, maybe a good hitting instructor in that organization or a good pitching guy in the organization. Uh, so the last thing that you want to do is, is to bring them in day one and go, hey, everybody's going to do this, this, and this. Well, my hitting guy said, well, now we're not listening to that guy. We're, I, I think you got to be careful about that. And, I, and number one, there's... Because they're going to go back to him. Sure. You know, that's the thing sure. you're going to have him for a little bit, but in the offseason, they're going to go back Absolutely. to that person. Yeah, pitching-wise too. And that, yep. it's been a bigger problem pitching-wise than it has offensively because you can get a guy, work a guy all fall, and you finally get him right, and then he goes back to that guy at Christmas. And it's a good thing. I mean, they've got a routine. They really want to put the work in. They want to get in the weight room. They want to throw bullpens, all those things. We want them to come back in shape. But also, they're getting another voice, you know? So we've, we discussed that, and we, hey, we really feel like you're good right now. Do you feel like you're good? Yes, sir. Okay, well, let's go, go to this guy, and you talk to him about, hey, I feel really good about where I'm at. I don't want to change anything. I feel good about my slider, my fastball, my mechanics. Everything's great. If you can just reinforce the things that I'm doing right now, take me through a workout, and, and really it's be convicted. It's more allowing them to get reps in that time of Absolutely. the year. Absolutely. Well, because college be. coaches, I think this is where you can streamline the communication with, with the facility side, too, is college coaches are getting them ready and then sending them and then getting them back. Yeah. You're not doing any coaching with guys yeah. really in the winter time when they're away from you as a college coach. No, you, You're I mean, just you hoping can't. they're getting their reps in. Absolutely. And 
it's good that they're going to for sure this facility they've got places facility. to work out absolutely uh but they've also got to be careful yeah. uh, especially if they're if they had a good fall you feel good about where they're at because we'll sit down with each guy you know after the fall's over hey here's how the, here's what you did in the fall here's where i think your role is going to be but if that guy comes back totally different in the springtime that changes everything yeah. and, and but we're we're clear about that how are you doing your depth chart then after the fall? Are you having guys rank? Are you rank? You and the coaches ranking guys? I mean, how are you? How are you working the depth chart out? I mean, obviously we have a clear, you know we have an understanding of where we think they are, but I do have them rank each other. Uh, I've I, I've always done that since I started coaching. I, I like the hitters to rank the pitchers. I like and themselves, and they rank the pitchers. They rank the hitters. Uh, I have them right down their rotation. They're starting lineup. Who do you want with the game on the line? Who do you want the ball hit to? Uh, in a big spot, um, and then I post it. You know, I, if a guy's number 15 on the on the chart, and yet he thinks he's number one or two, he needs to know that. Not to be mean, but you need to have a clear understanding of where you where you're at or where your teammates view you. You know, sometimes it's very humbling to to have those guys see that. Um, and Does sometimes this generation of kids you. can they self-evaluate? Are they decent at self-evaluation? I think they are. I think they are for the most part. Um, and I tell them to be honest, man. If you think you're number one, I want to know that, you know. And if if you don't think you're starting, and then you come to my office and ask why you're not playing, then there's a disconnect there, you know. Um, so I try to get them to be 100% transparent of where they really feel like they are and evaluate themselves and their teammate and you know maybe what your strengths and weaknesses are. Or some final thoughts. Uh, number one, uh, I'm tickled death to be a part of the association. I, I've been. Uh, you know, I'm going on, on my 20-something year, you know, and uh, I haven't been to every convention, but we try to make every one. It's just a good way to start the year, um, and I'm excited to get back to hopefully some normal baseball. Uh, we're going to play Texas State on Sunday, and all of our guys had to get tested this morning, so, you know, we've had a really good fall, so knock on wood or metal or whatever we got to knock on that uh, all that goes smooth. So I, I'm looking forward to some normalcy, and and uh, coming to the ballpark and not talking about masks and tests and you know and all those things um, but we've got a great league you know excited to play in the in the league against the coaches that we play against in the region that we play in it's it's great baseball and it's challenging and it's uh you know it's why i'm still doing what i do man i love the competition and i uh, love to see you know see these guys go to war and develop thanks for your time Jeff. you bet man enjoy it every time i had a location i'm reminded how many great facilities and programs we have across all levels of baseball Coach Lightfoot and Weatherford College have a lot to like. It's a really busy day for Jeff, so I can't thank him enough for carving out time out of his busy schedule to sit down with me. He gave a great talk the next day at TCU, so be on the lookout for when his Barnstormers talk releases this year. Reminder to get out and support your local baseball programs. Thanks again to John Litchfield, Zach Hale, and Matt West in the ABCA office for all the help on the podcast. Feel free to reach out to me via email, rbrownlee at abca.org. Twitter and TikTok at CoachB underscore ABCA, Instagram RyanBrownlee17, or direct message me via the MyBCA app. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks, and leave it better for those behind you.